Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And I hope we're coming across all right. If you can bring my level up a little bit more, please, so I can hear myself. Very, very good. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Live. All right, I think we're set to go here. We uh, just got uh, to the room here. We're coming to you live from the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. It is Thursday, November 5th. We are rolling, and we welcome all of our listeners uh, really throughout the upper Midwest, and we hope you're having a good start to your day. If not, we are going to uh, make it better. we got a good show for you coming up in the next two hours. And um, my first guest is Father Josh Eli, um, a friend of mine, uh, the pastor of the cathedral, rector of the cathedral. That's right. That's good, right. good morning, Father. By God's grace. And the pen of the bishop. That's how these things happen. And you know what I was thinking? A a year ago, um, it was just over a year ago, both of our lives were very different. I think, well, Bishop Vetter got the call, I think, in October. Early October, that's right. Uh, I think you got the call as well. I got the call shortly thereafter. So a lot can happen in 13 months. Yes, it can. Needless to say. You were in Rome. I was in Dickinson. uh, But here we are in Bismarck. I mean, who who knew? And welcome back to... uh, the Twin Cities, as we call them here. Very good. East locally. River. East yeah, River. You're now East Side. Yeah, I've, I've done the West Side before for 11 years in Mandan, and now I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be East River. So th- let's get back to what you were doing 13 months ago. Excellent. 13 months ago, I was uh, employed by the Vatican in the Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples, which deals with all of the mission world, um, now currently under the direction of Cardinal Tagle. So it is the arm of the Holy Father that deals with uh, all the works in the, in, the, in the mission territories, administrative, evangelization, and otherwise fundraising. Uh, so quite an experience. It opened my eyes, my eyes of a, this North Dakota boy, um, to see the, uh, the realities far beyond our simple borders. And so it was an extraordinary experience. I spent four years there doing some uh, canon law work, but also just the day-to-day administrative work of uh, one of the dicasteries, we call them, which are basically the, the cabinets, if you will, of the Holy Father. And I was able to work with Cardinal Filoni, who was leading it at the time, and a handful of wonderful priests. So, uh, delightful. Uh, well, it's great to have you back. You were uh, Minutante. I was a Minutante, right? And, and so was uh, Pope John the Twenty-Third. He yes, got his start yes. uh, there. I, I did a little research there. Which means we were the little ones mm-hmm. doing all the, the uh, day-to-day. Yeah, and, you, 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 the, which is where the work gets done. I still don't think anybody understood what you just said about what you've done. It's, I'm even still confused. Good. I don't know but, what but I did for four years either. Basically, so. you, worked for, you worked for the Vatican. And I, I think a great part of your work, Father, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you formed uh, and chose bishops for uh, a, a part of the world. Yeah, that was a, that was. 
really the biggest job. Right. I visited your office over by the Spanish Steps. Yes, in the uh, in a 400-year-old, beautiful palazzo right mm-hmm. off of uh, the Spanish Steps in Piazza di Spagna. We uh, had uh, a right mar- right next to the first McDonald's in Italy. I, I remember the first McDonald's. I remember when it opened. It had bulletproof glass in it <laughs> when, when I studied there in '89, and uh, because the Italians were 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 protesting mm. uh, McDonald's. And then we, of course, as seminarians, uh, you know, uh, a Big Mac does taste good after about four months of pasta. Absolutely, and, and, it, it, and it, it tastes good in Italy. They know what they know. What, they, they, they know food. McDonald's is even McDonald's. Even yeah. McDonald's, yeah, it, which I fully support. We, we had a good evening in Trastevere with uh, the then Father Vetter. Um, we, um, uh, I, it was October. It was October of. 18, I was there. Is, okay. that, is that possible? Two years ago. Uh, yeah, the world was a very different place. Yeah. Uh, 17, probably. Um, 17. Let's yeah. see. I bought my truck in 16. Yeah, it's right around there. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but you're here. Uh, and so uh, tell me then how, how the, the transition uh, started for you as, as a, a Vatican official uh, to, to come back to, um, to really your hometown. This is, this is where you're from. Right. And this is my hometown, born and raised in this beautiful city. Uh, graduated from St. Mary's Central High School and, and at the age of 18 and haven't really been back since as far as uh, with any sort of length. So my folks were delighted by uh, um, the bishop's kind invitation for me to come home. I got a call. Uh, we had a vacancy, obviously, with Bishop Vetter, uh, then Father Vetter leaving as rector. Um, and I was uh, coming to the, to the close. Cut that a little bit short, but I was delighted to receive that invitation. Short course of uh, two months, got everything packed, got all most loose ends tied up at the Vatican, and began uh, to re-enter pastoral life, which has been delightful, uh, not without its challenges during this COVID time, but has been a wonderful. Are you recultured back to American ways, or do you feel comfortable? I, I, Are you comfortable? No, I, I get cold. I actually had a conversation last night with a, with a three-year-old. Uh, he was speaking uh, some sort of gibberish, and I, to respond in kind, I spoke to him sure. in Italian because we couldn't understand each other anyway. So sure. it was fun. I we were, uh, yeah, and on the Janiculum Hill, where the uh, the North American colleges, we they have those puppet shows there for for the kids. Oh, yeah. I, oh. I learned a lot of Italian uh, watching the little puppet shows Excellent. for them. And, and you got the, you got these three year old kids standing by. You know they they know Italian more than we do. And well, it's good to have you here. Let's do nice. some work. Uh, Father Josh Eli is my guest, the rector of the Cathedral of the Holy. Spirit. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. We're coming to you live from Corpus Christi in Bismarck. Uh, I, I had my uh, a candle lighting uh, mass on Sunday here at Corpus. Many parishes are, are doing them, uh, whether they're remembrance masses or whatever you call them. We, we honored all of our dead here in, in, in the last year, and um, it, this is a good time of the year. St. Benedict in his rule said to keep death daily before your eyes. He really believed that if his monks would, would th- keep death daily before their eyes, they would, um, they would live better lives, uh, a, a life of better perspective, to keep death daily before your eyes. And this time of the year in November does it. Mm-hmm. Why, why is November for Catholics that time of year? I suppose the wisdom of Mother Church, you know, as we wrap up on a liturgical year, which then ends uh, with Christ the King, the, the Feast of Christ the King, and then we restart in Advent, uh, fitting that we should uh, at this time of year, also aligning with uh, the death that's occurring, occurring naturally throughout uh, much of the world. We experience this in North Dakota very clearly as grass begins to brown up and die. Harvest is in. 
uh, the days get shorter. It's all about ending. Huh? Uh, Mother Church says, well, we'll take advantage of that and recall each year, uh, encouraging her children to meditate, as you said uh, beautifully, on the reality of death, uh, that reminder that we do not live for this world. And we know that very well at this time. It's not satisfying, ultimately. So I think it's our mother's way of, uh, of just uh, reminding us of what's essential, and that is uh, to keep our eyes fixed on heaven. Live with our feet in the ground here, uh, looking up. And so once a year, we got to do it. We are doing it. We're coming up on 10 minutes past the hour. Let's start with Scripture. The okay. Catholic Church is the first Bible-based church. We did formulate the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, where where are we uh, in the Holy Writ told to pray for the dead? Where, where are we told to, to do what we do as Catholics? Okay. Well, as many may be familiar, uh, hotly contested in the, the second book of Maccabees, uh, where there is actual uh, stated atonement for the dead uh, to free those who are, have gone uh, from sin. We obviously accept it in our canon. Not everyone does. It's there. Um, and so there are, obviously, that's one of the, the, the often quoted scriptural passages that very clearly indicates, um, we believe it to be inspired by God, that prayers for the dead work. They atone, help to atone for sin. Uh, but I like the argument, uh, in addition to from scripture, just from logic. Um, and Benedict XVI said this, he said, if there was no purgatory... If we didn't have this, had been given this, and find it in Second Maccabees and throughout the early church, uh, tradition, uh, we would have to invent it, Pope Benedict XVI said. For who would dare to say to himself that he was able to stand directly before God? You know, and so, then bouncing back into Scripture, we have a number of quotes, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, in Matthew, Hebrews, strive for that holiness, uh, James, we all fall short. Uh, and revelation, there will be nothing unclean shall enter heaven. This is just logic. If heaven is perfection, because heaven, as Pope Bennett also said, is the person of Jesus in union with him, uh, imperfection can't be united to him, uh, same reason that he took on our humanity, then somewhere between me dying in, a, in presumably an imperfect state, which uh, will certainly happen for me, and full unity with Christ, which is heaven, something has to happen. Whatever it is, that gets me from imperfection to perfection, we call purgatory. Whatever the process is, it's a place, it's a process. The argument from logic and scripture, I don't know how it can be even denied, uh, uh, but I do respect that. It is logical. I always say if I go straight to heaven, I think I'd, I would expect more from heaven. Uh, I don't. Mother Teresa always spoke about, or, or she, she was assured in her life that she's not going to go straight to heaven uh, because we uh, would expect more from it. God can purify us, prepare us in any way he wants, but really purgatory, and I don't know why the Protestants sometimes get bent out of shape by it. Mm-hmm. Purgatory is really the mercy of God. Oh, what a gift. Imagine, you know, imagine. I do not have to die in a perfect state. Uh, and God wants me in heaven that badly that he allows poor sinners like us uh, to not have attained the fullness of holiness uh, on this earth in order to be still able to have the fullness of holiness and perfection with him in heaven. It's a, what a gift. And I, as, as Pope Benedict said, if it didn't exist already, we'd invent it. Let's because humanity out. would say, we need something like this. Let's check out purgatory. Let's talk about All Souls Day. Uh, we began the month with All Saints Day and All Souls Day. Tell us the origins of this feast day. Good. Um, going back... Well, sometime uh, customary in, in Benedictine monasteries, they were back in the sixth century holding sorts of commemoration for their deceased members. Um, so we have references from Saint Isidore of Seville, uh, who lived at that time, 
Um, just basing off what we just talked about, which is the uh, log- you know, arguments from logic and from clearly in Scripture that this need to start praying. Um, and so we have it back in the in the sixth century as early as that, and then as with many liturgical practices, it began to develop, um, become more customary in praying for the dead, um, and putting it in conjunction with All Saints Day, obviously the uh, the connection there. So we have references with in the monasteries of Cluny um, throughout the centuries. Uh, did it develop uh, around this time? So it's as with many, it developed early on, and it just continued to flower throughout as far as the liturgical practice. My guess is, Father Josh Eli, we're talking about the month of November. We're talking about All Saints Day, All Souls Day, Purgatory. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. We're coming to you live from the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck. We have a round table coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a short break, Father. And then I, I have some words for families who have lost a loved one this this year. We're, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. Uh, surely these celebrations will be will be uh, different, uh, maybe even difficult. And I, I have some uh, words for for all of you, uh, families who have lost a loved one as we as we near uh, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and, and New Year. And these celebrations, uh, we'll be back in just one moment. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. There's more real presence live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small-town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. If there is a merciful God, how can he allow such suffering? I'm Father Chris Alar. God took his greatest risk in giving you his greatest gift, free will. He risks that you may choose not to love him and to hurt your neighbor. But even then, God wants to bring a greater good out of evil. There is no worse evil than a creature nailing his creator to a tree. Yet God brought a greater good from it, your redemption. God doesn't want you to suffer, but he allows it. Why? Because your suffering can also be redemptive when you share in the cross of Christ. It is not easy, but when you learn how, it changes everything. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo, parishioner of Saints Anne and Joachim Church in Fargo. I'm excited to share with you the launch of Lumen Vision, providing eye care for the whole family, including eye emergencies, vision therapy, and routine exams. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eyes of Faith, a frame company that prints scripture verses on the inside of each frame. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. 
All right, welcome back to Real Presence Live with Monsignor Schumacher, and uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. This is really a, a listener-based uh, radio station, Real Presence Radio in the entire uh, upper Midwest. It's a big chunk of land. We are supported uh, and listened to and loved by our listeners, so thank you for making that possible. I'm the pastor of Corpus Christi here in Bismarck. Father Josh Eli is my guest right now. He's the rector of the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit, in Bismarck. I was ordained there in 93. When were you ordained? Uh, in 2009. 2009. I was there. All right. you, um, you're, you're coming up. You're coming up. Getting seasoned. At 25 years, you, you start to get comfortable. Okay. So uh, I'm almost there. Not that you don't look... 14 more. You don't look uncomfortable, but <laughs> I, I, I have a word for families. Uh, but first, let's get back to our theology of the communion of saints. Mm. The communion of saints is, is, is really a, a, a Catholic belief. It's a, it's a Catholic statement. Um, and, and when we talk about November and uh, all saints and all souls, we have to remember that what, what the church is comprised of, that the pilgrims here on earth, all of us here, the dead who are being purified, we spoke about purgatory in the last segment, and, and of course the blessed in heaven, all together form one church. And, and this, this is um, a, a, great, a great gift to us, and I remember when Dr. Elizabeth Lev was here from Rome, and she was uh, addressing us at, at our full conference in Medora, Michelangelo's Last Judgment, mm. she, that in between where you have people helping people. Yeah, pulling, uh, pulling you, them yeah, up. Yeah, it's all the angels are kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, almost pushing some down. The, the demons are pulling some down. Then you have the saints pulling them up. Yes. The, the communion of saints is really people helping people. Yes. Uh, th- th- let's talk about how, how the saints in, in, in heaven help us, pull okay. us up, support us. Excellent. Well, I, I once recently read, and, and it is true that, as we know, in heaven, uh, faith gives way. Because we no longer need to believe, uh, and we are now be we then beholding hope uh, is no longer necessary because we have the fulfillment of our desires. But love does not change, so faith and hope uh, go away in heaven. Love remains, and that bonds the bonds of love that were forged here on this earth still remain, and we believe that God is love, so that there is actually, as you said, a connection, a communion, a union between those who have gone and those who are still here. Therefore, they are allowed, to, you know, obviously to pray for us. They have deep desires to pray for us uh, and to intercede as we help each other here on earth, uh, to intercede through prayers and in helping us along the way as, you know, a mother helps her child along the way here on this earth. How much even more, remember St. Therese said, I want to spend my heaven doing good on earth. And we believe that the saints, that we, uh, we're destined for sanctity and holiness. We'll be able to do even more good on, in heaven than we can on earth. We don't see it. Uh, but that's what our faith believes. So those bonds of love, right, and obviously the deep desire of, of the holy ones to guide us in our in our way, often unseen, maybe unknown, uh, that they can continue to intercede for us, our grandparents, our parents, whoever's gone before us, is really extraordinary. And what's interesting is while we're down here on earth, we're also pushing those in purgatory up by those same bonds of love. Those who are not yet there uh, are being pulled up from the top and pushed from the bottom, which is really extraordinary, as you said, in the imagery. Of, of Michelangelo, so uh, what a blessing. Right. And why do we pray for the dead? I always say to my students, and even in, in a homily, i got two homilies tomorrow, two funerals tomorrow here at Corpus Christi, but uh, we pray for our dead. Why do we pray for our dead? That's how we continue to love them. I mean, what else can we do? <clears throat> yep. uh, we ask for God's blessing upon them. It, it's, it's an act of love. 
Um, visiting their graves is important. This is a particularly November activity. Yes. Uh, and it's, uh-huh. a, it's very easy. Uh, in fact, the church gives an indulgence yes. for that in the month of November. Which has been and, extended, right? It's normally for the first week of November, and the Pope has extended and, it throughout the month of November. When you got, and when temps are in the 70s, I mean, why mm-hmm. not? You, yep. you know, so, um, mm-hmm. But but that 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 grave is is important uh, place uh, that that act of of, of burial becomes a, a, a point of memory a place of grief mm. a place of healing really um, uh, and we we always. Uh, um, would uh, go out and you know mow around the graves, clean the graves, bring the graves, you know, uh, flowers to the graves, and and it was, uh, we were, you know, it's it's a, it's it's an important memory. Right, that, right. that that's why we you know bury our dead and and um, advise against spreading right. the ashes, advise against the urn on the shelf, because uh, because our, our Lord was buried. Right, and we're incarnate. We, you know, we we are we're incarnational beings. To have a place, a reminder, you know, the pictures, and here we can get on into relics, but we won't today, perhaps some other day. But to renew that bond that we were talking about, the communion that we have, it's nice to be able to go to the place and to see the name and the dates and to recall, and then to renew that active bond of love, not just a, f- a memory as if a photograph of something that's no longer here, uh, to renew that active bond of love through faith. That we make that our that our church Jesus in the creed, the communion of saints, uh, and to pray for those. Yeah, I think it's a visiting, visiting the grave. What a what a beautiful. Uh and not, not uh, always easy. Looking at the dates act. of the my deceased grandparents, just you know, looking at the dates. I mean, I know when they died. I had my grandmother's funeral as a, as a young priest, but still, when you look at these dates, you're reminded that our lives are passing sometimes quicker than we can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, it's a great. Let, let's talk about how we care for our people in loss before we end, end this segment. Okay, we're coming up about 23 minutes past the hour. Father Josh Eli is my guest, and he's a good one. Um, I wish I could keep you here longer, but. Um, I think the beatitude that speaks to us in November is the beatitude, um, blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. And we we want our people comfort in their loss uh, because no death goes unnoticed. And and our, our ties with our loved ones don't unravel at death. Um, I, I, I said to my uh, people at the Remembrance Mass on Sunday night here that I, I do I do believe that their loved ones knew of their presence at that Mass. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I, I also uh, reminded them that um, with death can come regret sometimes. Um, and and, I, and I, think, I think this is a time, and I'm writing letters to all my families who participated in that, and I'm, say, I'm saying this. I, I, I think that November and, and remembering our dead can also be an opportunity for us to, to, to let go. Mm. Um, uh, uh, death can bring regret. And, and if that's the case of anyone in, in my families, I ask them to, to let that go because their loved one knows, okay? And so th- this is a time to seek comfort through God's hope and mercy, particularly as we move into Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. <clears throat> there, yeah. there comes a point where we need to heal if that regret is there. And um, I really believe the loved one knows and wants that healing to happen. Beautifully stated. Yeah, especially as we transition to a time of of much thanksgiving. To make the room for that thanksgiving, there needs to be some of that healing, letting go, whatever it is there. I think that's beautifully said. Because we are human and we do live with regrets. I mean, you know, if I would have, could have, should have, this or that, this or that. Wish I would have said this. You know, it's another great word of counsel uh, that I've heard that. You know, people that are stuck with, I wish I would have been able to say, I love you, or I'm sorry. 
uh, or I forgive you. I tell the people to say it. Sure. And trust that God's going to get that message. And that doesn't move the heart of God. Nothing does. Because and he'll make sure that message arrives at its destination. I must have stolen your homily. Thanks, for, you know, by the way. For, I said a similar thing, that they, they know you're here. They, they know what you're saying. Uh, if we believe in the communion of saints and that those, even if they're on their journey and they're are still in the purification, they get the message. Guaranteed. Our, our ties with our loved ones do not unravel at death. Mm. The, the, this is a fact. It's not just a Catholic belief. It's it's the truth. And so um, if if we're not looking forward to Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year because of, of a loss, and when you compound a loss with what's gone on in 2020, mm. I mean, it's, you know, 2020 is kind of a loss. But, um, you know, I, I, I think we need to remember that even though Thanksgiving and Christmas will be different and maybe even very difficult, it can still be good yes. in some ways. Mm. What, what, what is the goodness that can come from the first Thanksgiving without mom or dad or a brother or a sister? I think it's a beautiful opportunity to step back, you know, collectively or individually, and to do what we may not often do, or, or often enough, is just uh, think about all the good. And it's the time of Thanksgiving to focus. We've got a lot of negative things we can focus on. There's plenty of finger pointing going on. Step back and look at the life of this person, uh, even if the, if the relationship wasn't uh, ideal, and say, well, look at the blessing that that was. And to begin to identify those gifts and the way that God gifts us, loves us through others, through the gift that is or others, uh, I think it's good. When someone's not there, it's a chance to step back and say, you know, I miss mom or dad or grandma and grandpa. And to focus a little bit, spend a little time and to say words of gratitude and thanks for the, the little gifts. You know, we, we get on with our lives and in our relationships, I don't know if we always have enough time or make enough time to sit back and just be grateful for the gift that, that, other, that others are. Even if they're a burden at times, which we all are on each other, um, but to focus on the good. And boy, do we need to focus on the good right now. Uh, and, because there's plenty of others. And it seems like when I'm around people who have an attitude of gratitude, it just it really, it really impresses something upon me. And I think what it impresses is, is, is the presence of God, mm. really. Yes. Uh, and, but all of this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we, we started our interview with purgatory and some scriptural references. Another one that I like to refer to is in Hebrews, where, where, where um, we, we read about the, the, the purifying spirit, the, the spirit purifying us, mm. not, not just uh, our, our sins after we we've died but 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 our hearts and our minds and our memories when when we heal and have lost a, a, a loved one well father josh eli this has been a great interview um you you got a lot going on at the cathedral who, who are the priests with you over there we got father john paul gardner who's uh the the associate uh, parochial vicar and then uh, newly arrived father jordan dosh who's our vocation director and it's vocation awareness week i think or something around that time it is it started uh, so on sunday yes keep praying uh good people for uh, vocations we got great ones here we need more god wants to send more uh it's also a good time to ask uh, to beg the saints to send us a few more laborers for the vineyard and father jordan dosh had lived with me for the last three years and we had his, his father Vern dosh on recently Thanks. and um we we both left uh, saint wenceslas recently and uh, at our send-off uh, you know, I'm coming here, and you know, he's going to you. And Father Dosh said, "So if you want to, if you want to visit the best parish in, you know, Bismarck, come and see me." Well, it was okay. a, the, that was a That's cathedral a reference. Okay. A little, little joke there. <laughs> I, it wasn't so funny at the time. We're, but uh, thank you for being uh, with us. Uh, any closing thoughts, Father? 
Uh, just to you know, remember to pray and ask the um, the saints to intercede for us. They're powerful intercessory prayer. They work miracles for us, uh, and we need to pray right now. Focus on uh, what's working, not on what's not. I think, uh, yeah, a little attitude of gratitude is going to do us all a lot of good right now. Uh, and that prayer that is so essential in our lives as Christians and especially Catholics. So. And it's great to have you back in the United States. Good and to I be think home. You, you Good were, to be you, home. You were running around Rome long enough. Good and, to be home. Uh, Agreed. You know, like the bishop said, you got to get back to work sometime. I know. I know. So well, uh, I, that will be next year. It's it's great to have you. Well, let, let, let us pray. Eternal rest granted to them, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. May Amen. their soul and all the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Father Josh Eli, you're a good good egg, a great priest, and a good friend of mine. Thank you for being uh, with us. Learn from the best. And uh, I'm inspired by the youth around us. We have have a marvelous priest here in the Diocese of Bismarck. And uh, I'm kind of an old-timer. I mean, I'm 53 years old. What's the the median age? What is it, 47, 46? Yeah, yeah. right right, Right around around there. there. So I'm, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's... uh, One of the old guys. it's, It's not... That way everywhere. You're, for an old, sure. you're an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy to be where I am. I wouldn't go back for anything. All right. Good so. to have you in Bismarck. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Father Josh Eli. He is, let's get him on again. I like to interview him. We're going to be back in just one moment. We have a, a, a round table discussion coming up. We have um, kind of a real high powered thing coming up here with Legatus, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to run that for uh, the next hour. Bishop Kagan and company, we're going to introduce all of them when we come back. We're coming up on 31 minutes past the hour. We'll be back in just one moment. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.